even take Bethesda for example. Starfield, one of the biggest games um, to be released in a long time. One of the big things is the maps are awful. And then within a month of the game being out, even less than a month, just some stranger created a mod that fixed it. So think about it. This big-ass, giant, uh, multinational game developer with all with all the with all this big ass idea pool to pull from still got it wrong and then one person fixed it. Now Bethesda still lets people mod their games, which is awesome. I mean, but that's only I guess that's a PC thing. Yeah, you console cucks don't get to don't get to dip your toe in the mod waters. Here we go. Welcome back, BS with Brian Simpson, episode seventy nine. Uh, remember, if you uh, want to see me on tour, just go to BrianSimpsonComedy.com. Uh, if you got any questions, comments, concerns, you want advice from the advice champ, just email me at bswithbriansimpson at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 323-451-1980. Also, every Tuesday night, bottom of the barrel at the Comedy Mothership in Austin, Texas, 730 and 1030 in the Little Boy. All right? Um... No. Oh, also, if you want to support the podcast, you know, get click on one of them links, get some from one of the sponsors, or damn, like it, share it. You know, all those things. Tell somebody. Um, all right. Um, I guess the elephant in the room is uh, the Morocco earthquake. But but like you said, there's nothing to really say. It's another disaster. Um um, but I, but what I, what I will speak on about it is that I, I think that, I think everyone's exhausted with caring about, it. because, cause, cause, you know what I mean, like having to put out like emotions for everything all day, every day. I don't know if we set up for that, you know. And then when something major happens, we don't got nothing. We don't got it. That's why the pandemic fucked us up. It's like we was already had that. Like, we aren't the generation, like, even the kids now, they're not the generation that's going to learn how to live with social media. It's going to be the next kids. But then they're not going to have nowhere to live. So I don't know what the, if they're, you know, if the, I, I don't know. But I, what I'm saying is by the time humans are ready, because the young kids now are the ones making all the mistakes. You know what I mean? And their kids are going to be the ones that grow up and be like, wait a minute, so y'all just didn't have no privacy? I don't know. Maybe that was a mistake. You know, the backlash is going to be the correction. But then by then, it's like, you know, I don't think the earth will be as habitable. You know? Do you think like, that we're going to just break back down into smaller units over time? Smaller social units? Um. Yeah, man. You know what's so funny? It's a, I was watching a... a Watching the thing about the Bronze Age collapse the other day, and it was like, that's that scares the shit out of me. You know, it, it's so much. We got so much in common with all the empires and shit that have failed before. You know, but but there's something about, and I bet you those people back then thought the same thing. We're never gonna fall. Rome was never gonna fall. It's Rome. You, you know, the. The Achaemenid Empire is never going to fall. Xerxes ain't going to never die. I don't know, man. How uh, how long did the collapse take? 
Because, you know, the like Bron- people talk about like the fall oh, of Rome. A, fall of Rome a, took hundreds of years, really. Well, I mean, it, I guess it depends on, like like you said, because the fall of Rome, it depends on who you ask, right? Because it depends on yeah, when, yeah. You, when you decide that the collapse started, right? But mm-hmm. to my knowledge, the Bronze Age collapse took like a few decades. You That's know? not very long. It's not very long at all. Because like, it's like, it started to get to the point where like, all the war and shit d- fucked up uh, irrigation, which was you know everyone depended on it on that to live. And and when the irrigation was gone, it was like it just it snowballed, you know, because there wasn't a, you know they everyone they were all dependent on each other for it was all these like loosely connected uh, states and. They all depended on some sort of imports from the rest, which is supposed to keep you from killing each other, but it didn't. So the so the, you know the the war, famine, plague, all that shit combined, it just and it just broke up the all everything was interconnected in a way where it couldn't survive. And like bro, they like like pe- people forgot, and the scribes died. All the scribes died because there ain't no writing for like the next two three hundred years. <laughs> you know, so the scribes died, the farmers died, you know, the the royalty and the, the they was the first ones to go. All of the, you know, the powerful, the aristocracy and all that, they was the first ones to get up out of here. You know, cuz and that, I guess the real lesson to learn from that is that like well for the for the for the ruling class, power your power is an illusion. You know, your 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 or I, let me reflect that. Your your power is a reflection of an agreement between you and people that decide to recognize your power but that's a it's a but it's a very tenuous role you know it's a reason why they say heavy heavy is the head and wears the crown you know because yeah i mean i'm no expert i mean i just watch like five youtube videos but i you know i, I don't um i don't have like a strong <laughs> recollection of all the facts you know, and that, that led me down a, a couple of Wikipedia holes, but um, but it's just a lot. It's a lot to take in. You know, the Bronze Age is interesting because that was an era. Like when you talk about Bronze Age, it's like Assyrians, Hittites, yeah. Greeks, Egyptians, yeah. and stuff like that. And back then, war was like if you had a couple of thousand people, that was a big fucking army. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. the the and and you couldn't fight at night. You could only fight during the day. So these military campaigns were even for really small groups of people were extraordinarily expensive on a society level to keep those people healthy, fed. Right. And if you lost transportation Yeah, if you lost and and people don't understand this too. Logistics is what wins wars. You know, because the far the 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 farther away from from your home base that you are, the more expensive and risky it is to supply the army. You know, and that's why people like Alexander the Great was crazy. He was, <laughs> you know, because this motherfucker wanted to conquer everything. So so it's like um. Yeah, and, and and you know what's so funny about the Bronze Age collapse is you know who ended up taking over was the nomads. 
you know, they, you know, because it, it got to the point where there was so much corruption and shit like that. Like I told you, the kings and queens and all them, they died first. But there was like a small group of like real super poor people that was that lived in the desert that learned how to thrive that way, and they didn't have a lot of shit. So, you know, the other kingdoms didn't feel the need to like exploit them, so they left them alone. And so when they, when everything fell apart, these motherfuckers was the most powerful people, you know, and and they started they just started moving in, <laughs> moving in and taking over. You know, and then, and, then, and then it got to the point where those warlords got hired by the last little remnants of civilized cities to, like, protect them from the other warlords. And then they that's because they kind of became the new kings. And Anyway, we on, the, we on the verge of this. Do you think that's why people like apocalyptic fiction so much now? Like Fallout and Walking Dead and... Um, Man, Last see, of Us, and see, I, I guess, but but I think the average person doesn't give a fuck about history, you know. Well, I yeah, but I mean, I, they're they're taking like a a real fear that societies and civilizations have, but they have to mediate it through fiction and science and, no, and no, science well, fiction well, and fantasy. What I'm what I'm trying to say is that. I think that because the average person doesn't study history at all, most people don't, the fictionalized apocalypse still seems like it's not close, like it's not going to happen because most people don't think about the fact that it's happened several times, you know, over. So it's like I, I feel like, you know, we like to we like to flirt with danger and all of that, and, we, and it's one thing to think about maybe, but I think it does. A, if you don't have the contrast of actual real human history, then it's just fantasy. You know, you don't seem you don't feel connected to. It. You know, it's just, it's almost just like um, you know, it's the same reason why it's hard to convince people of climate change and stuff like that, right? It's because the consequences are so far away in their head. You know. Yeah, because most most people listen. If there was some kind of actual like big disaster connected to the climate, that like if it wasn't this slow, gradual creep towards <laughs> death, we'd have done something about it a long time ago. You know, it's just like you. It's just like you ever you ever you ever have to go to the emergency room and you, and the whole day you hurting. And and you and you get there and they go oh yeah it's just um you know like you, like on your way there you making all these promises man I'm gonna stop drinking I mean, I'm gonna stop smoking I'm gonna cut out fried foods and and then you get there and they go uh, oh yeah it's just uh you know indigestion you go okay and you go right back to drinking and smoking you know and, and it's it's uh, that's that's humanity right there it's like oh oh there's no consequences right now okay well no fuck it you know yeah bro it's been a hundred degrees. <laughs> For like almost every single day of the summer in Austin, which is a record, and and, and yeah, yeah, I think we made we had one day right Un- under a hundred, and so it was like that's the hottest day ever in the city, and some people still are like, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, what's so funny. It's the same people that if there's a winter storm, they go global warming, huh? You know. Like that, that, that weather counts, but this weather don't, you know? So I, I, you know, I I don't, I don't know, man. I, I, um, I'm glad 
that I'm hitting my stride. I'm in my prime right at the end. You know, I ain't gonna, I, I'm not gonna have to suffer the. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, because because that's the thing is like people gonna survive when all this shit collapses. It's still people that's gonna, you know who gonna survive the poorest people, the people that's already surviving under the circumstances that you fear. They're gonna be the ones running everything. People know how to struggle, you know. So it's like, yeah, remember we used to make fun of doomsday preppers. I think they had a point. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm not good. I, I, I can't do outside of civilization. I, I could barely put up a tent. I'm definitely not. I mean, I could start a fire. But I'm really not prepared. Like I would need to be in a group for sure. I'm not the last of us, dude. It was like, like if it was just me and you, and and the kids. I wouldn't. <laughs> I would just have to do do what you told me. Like I would, I can dig and chop. But how, how many? Let me ask you this: How many people would you? How many people? Uh, you know, each person adds one survival skill. How many people would you need with you and your family? How many people would you have to recruit? If everything, I've got, a, I've got a, I've got a small cadre of people on the short list. I've, I've talked through this with a with a very very good friend. Of like, the like if shit hit, if shit hit the fan, if shit the fan, we gonna meet up mm-hmm. in the cave. I got, yep. I have a, we have a, we have a, we have a bug out plan. Yeah. In the, in the, in the mix, we almost, we almost pulled the trigger when it was uh, when, COVID? when COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Hey man, yeah, yeah. But we, you know, but we were like, mm, it ain't happening yet, and it not, it's not happening yet. Although COVID showed a lot of the cracks in the. Uh, Oh, yeah. COVID you know, definitely COVID- changed my belief about how things would shake out in a true shit hits the fan oh, scenario. Yeah. Well, well, but did it really? Because you know, you know what COVID really exposed is the fact that in any in any emergency, people with money are never going to pay the price that poor people have to pay. That's what I learned. I, and and, he, and here, here's a microcosm of that. We have to, I feel like we spoke about this recently, but <clears throat> I'll never forget that it was the whole everyone had to stay home shit unless you were essential, right? And then they, you know, they kind of later on massaged what essential meant. This is a, this is California, and then the city of LA passed what well, the governor did, and then the city council passed uh, a thing, basically like rent relief where you didn't have to pay rent. Right. The problem is that the the the, uh, the city council, like nine out of the eleven people or something, were all uh, rental property owners. So the little caveat they threw in there was like, "Oh, you you still going to owe the rent at the end when you can go back to work." You understand what I'm saying? Which is which doesn't make any sense. It's like if I can't go to work and can't afford the rent. What difference does it make if you allow me not to pay it right now when I'm just going to have a, you know, ten, twenty thousand dollars debt when this is all over with and I haven't been working for a year? It doesn't make any sense. You know, and, and so, <clears throat> well, right. But what, but what it did was it made sure that the people that were already well off would stay whole. Right. They didn't have to sacrifice anything. You know, and well, that's always the case. That's that's like uh, when General Motors got bailed out, right? And I think that that it w- I think it was correct to bail out General Motors because if General Motors goes under, then so many people lose their jobs. But I think the fact that we bailed them out 
we should own a piece of that fucking company now. Like, why do they get an interest-free or virtually interest-free loan, but individuals have to pay back their loans? doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, it does make sense to me. I know why. I'm just saying it's yeah. it's and an absurd they, And then they still come out and make scenario. shitty calls. <laughs> you know, it's not like that money went somewhere other than keeping people employed. They, 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 ain't, putting, they ain't putting none of that shit in the research and development. Actually, that's not true. I mean, you know what? Honestly, it, it, who, who? What are the other car companies that General Motors owns? They own. They they don't own Ford, Cat. do they? No. Um. Yeah, Ford's getting it out here. Ford for right now with the the, the Cadillac CTV. I almost got one of those. The CTV Blackwing. General Motors is uh, Chevy, Buick, GMC, and Cadillac. Right. All the worst brands of cars. No? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like where, where, like where's what happened to good old fashioned corporate espionage? Like y'all know it's other car companies y'all can steal ideas from. You know, good old corporate espionage. You know what they really afraid of a Chinese car. Boy, them Chinese, if the Chinese was to throw a car over here like a luxury car, something like that, that was like five dollars. Boy, weren't they going to do rap. that with an electric car? Isn't there a Chinese uh, company that's building an electric car that's supposed to be a Tesla killer or something like well, that? Well, I don't think we would allow that. I mean, but also uh, we're in a we're in a bit of a pickle with the <laughs> with the with the goddamn you know with the semiconductor shit because we 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 this, this trade war with China and we banned what do we ban? We banned uh, like American companies can't buy chips from China, right? So then China Something told, like that. I mean, China was I, like, well, I'm y'all can't buy this from America. And now, you know, it's this interconnected thing, you know. Anyway, the end of us is going to be corruption. We all know this. Corruption is the source of every collapse of every major society. <clears throat> it's, just, it's just now what's funny is now it's so global. You know, it's like your corruption used to just affect your people in your region. Now it affects everybody in the whole world. You know, so it's a wrap. Um, man, see, I thought we I thought we started off talking about something positive. No, it was an earthquake. Mm. We saw about an earthquake. <clears throat> we'll get there. Um, we got some emails. Have, have you heard about the, oh, I was going to ask before we leave the China thing, have you heard about the Mate 60 Pro? Oh, the phone? From Huawei. Yeah, the phone. Uh, this is something. I mean, I've I've heard of the Mate. I don't know if the sixty Pro is something I've particularly paid attention to. Is, so, is there something fantastic it's like, about it? It's like the newest one. Like they just unveiled it. It's got the best camera in the world. It's it's got one of the fastest processors in the world. Yeah, the Mate. Look, look, Huawei been Huawei been killing it. You know, and the fact that we still haven't unbanned Huawei is is a I thought that's weird to me. But yeah, they've been making some of the best phones. If they were the American market just hasn't been exposed to Huawei like that, but they killing it in in Europe. Well, they were, yeah, and, and they and they killing it with the design shit. You know, it's like it's one of those things where like <clears throat> I've only had one Huawei phone in my hands, and it was it was dope. It was, it was like the I think it was the the me the me mix. No, that's uh that's not Huawei. Maybe it is, but it was like uh it's one of the things like when you hold it, you like oh this. No, this can't, there was there's like slaves. This is so nice. This must be slavery. <laughs> you know what I mean? For the price, like this is definitely some slavery involved. So, 
You know, and I I, I think that's how they doing it out there. You know? Um, yeah, but I, I, I like me a Huawei. I like me a Huawei phone. But the fact, oh, the fact that they can't, um, like, you can still buy one. You can import one from Europe or something like that, but you can't get the Google apps to work right or you have to do some kind of hacking. I ain't got time for all that. You got to do like a side load thing or something like that to. Yeah, man, those, those days are those days are way over for me. I used to be into that modding my phone and all that, and I'm like, I don't, I don't have time for that. It's hot outside. Keep your dick cool with sheath underwear. Here's how it works: There's a pouch for your dick and a separate pouch for your balls. It makes your package look awesome. It keeps things separated down there. Um, this is an absolute facts. You know, I keep. Telling them to watch, make a make a wider pouch for my dick. I mean, I don't know how girthy people are over there, Chief. Um, but uh, but you don't realize how much you need your balls off your legs until you can until it's until you know it's possible. You know this this should be a feature in all underwear. It, it's like I don't understand what what the holdup is. Um, but for night right now, you can get it from Sheath. Okay, keep your balls off your legs. Put them in the pouch. Once you try Sheath. You're not going to want to wear anything else. Shop their boxer briefs, trunks, and apparel, and check out their collabs with personalities like Michael Malice and Cowboy Cerrone. If you're dealing with boob sweat this summer, Sheath has something for you, too. Check out their sports bralettes, boxer briefs, and boys shorts. Go to sheathunderwear.com and use code BS to get 20% off your first order. Plus, Sheath Underwear is 100% money-back guarantee. That's sheathunderwear.com and promo code BS. Get sheath underwear. Support the show. Support your balls. Football is in full swing with another week of epic games. When you're looking to add to the fun, look no further than DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code BS to sign up. New customers can get can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code BS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, cdkng.co slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Hi, Brian. I heard you on the podcast say differences are more powerful than hatred. Did I say that? That doesn't make sense to me. I don't know where you got that from, but ever since I started approaching problems with people having that in mind, I started having less fights with people, especially women. Thanks for the peace of mind. Big fan of the podcast. Keep up the good work. Huh. Differences are more powerful than hatred. That's how you know that's not a good saying, because I don't know what it means just from reading it. Differences are more powerful than hatred. Man, I wish... 
I wish people would tell me like the podcast or even a timestamp, like which episode are we talking about? Because I need to so, sometimes people some people write in and it's like not even it's not BS of Brian Simpson. It's they listen to BS of Brian Simpson, but they heard you on, you know, Rogan or your mom's house or something. Oh, it's like, right, well, right. I yeah, listen yeah. to every single episode of that stuff. Well, I would need context to know why I said that because that's not like a thing I'd be saying. So, uh, but I appreciate I appreciate the love, brother. Thank you. I'm glad you got found. Oopsie. I'm glad I'm glad you found some peace. <clears throat> this is from Michael Delvey. Delvey. Oh, that's the homie. I started comedy with this guy like 13 years ago. I wonder what he's up to. Okay. Hey, Brian, what's good? As I understand it, you hate unskippable cutscenes. I do too. If I start to memorize the lines of a cutscene because this is my fifth time seeing it before a boss, I can't be looking at you, Ninja Gaiden. I'm not having a good time. My question is this Has there ever been a game that had cutscenes you didn't want to skip? If not, had there been a game where you at least tolerated the cutscene? Um, yeah, I mean, well, we ain't even got to get into that. I mean, uh, look, unskippable cut. I'm glad you brought up Ninja Gaiden. He talking about Ninja Gaiden from the Xbox, the the 360, okay? Oh, no, maybe it was the original Xbox. But the game was from, it was from, from software, you know. And, you know, so they, they love to frustrate uh, their player base. Um, and so they had unskippable cutscenes before boss fights that you had to watch again every time you lost to the boss. Like every time you had to fight him again, you had to watch a cutscene again. Then tell me that's not a big fuck you to your to your community. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, are there any cutscenes you didn't want to skip? I mean, yeah. I mean, from game to game, there were cutscenes that I've watched. You know, I'm not saying every cutscene is trash. And some of them I watch. I watched some of the Diablo cutscenes, all the ones with Lilith in them. You know. Um. But for the most part, I just want the option to not watch them. There's nothing so brilliant that I that I that I don't want the option to skip because that seems to be the reply to that to that episode. Is a lot of people are like, but what about these games and that game and this game with an awesome cutscene? It's like I don't give a fuck how awesome it is. I should have the option to not watch it. The, the game the game shouldn't be making me do nothing but play the game. Anything that take time. That ain't me interacting. I shouldn't have to sit through. You know, yeah. Did you ever play Metal Gear Solid? A long time ago. Not any of the recent ones. But I mean, you play like Snake Eater, Metal Gear Solid Three. Any of those? No, I think I think because yeah. I mean, I think I played a little bit of uh, what was the one, the Liberty one. Sons of Liberty. I played that. I think I, think I played the first four? Metal Gear Solid and the Sons of Liberty one. No. Yeah, because like Metal Gear Solid Three has cutscenes that are so good that I would, I mean, I've rewatched those just as a YouTube video before. But, no, but Rob, they're Rob. still they're still skippable. They're still skippable. Right. That's that's my point. Are, is is there a cutscene that's so good that if you was the developer, you would be like, everybody's got to see this one. Nope. Nope. Because that's what they don't know. There, you know, everybody need to watch this. And listen, I, and I know it's art directing, it's art directors out there, video game art directors and art teams that like you put a lot of work into them cutscenes and you want people to see it. I don't give a fuck. Fuck you and your craft. <laughs> I don't have time to sit through your bullshit scenes or even your amazing fucking Oscar worthy scenes. I don't, I don't have time. I shouldn't be forced to watch them. 
You know, if I wanted to sit there, if I wanted to sit there watching some shit, I wouldn't be playing a video game. You know, I'd be watching Netflix or something. You know, I guess it doesn't really answer your question, though, but I don't really have an answer. Uh, Okay, Felipe. Hey, love the show. I wanted to hear your thoughts on if you think consumers are spoiled. Considering things like Starfield that takes years and millions of dollars to make that we end up dismissing because of bugs or because we can't actually fly through the atmosphere. P.S. Not sure if you're in, if you're into game recommendations, but Deceive Inc. is a really cool under-the-radar title. A 10-player objective-based battle royale where you play as spies amongst NPCs. Um, that's okay. It would make my day to hear your thoughts on it and my week if you actually like it. Um, okay, I might get it a get it a shot. Um, but do I think consumers are spoiled? Um yes and no. I, I think consumers are it, it's a combination of I mean, I, it, I guess it depends on what category of consumers you're talking about. I think young people have a little bit of entitlement, you know? Um I think gamers specifically have a big, a lot of bit of entitlement just as a, as a, in general, but at the same time, it's because they've grown up in an era where the large gaming companies will just fuck you to your face. So I think a lot of people are just cynical and jaded and it comes off and don't get me wrong. I've encountered many a whiny little bitch in a forum or Reddit or whatever. And, 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 and they exist, you know, they exist but the the but the game companies are trying to fuck you. It's not like they paranoid, you know. There there may be one company left that has any goodwill, you know. The you know the companies have sold their integrity. CD CD Projekt Red, Blizzard, um, um, maybe Ubisoft is next. You know who knows? Once Ubisoft go, that's it. What's another game developer, another big game developer that EA has been, been gone? EA used to be the shit. EA used to be the shit. So every, every, all the major game companies that used to have any integrity at all, it, it, they've, they've been bought by some bigger company that uses that, uh, that goodwill they built up with fans over decades and just throws it the fuck away in like a couple years. You know? Yeah. And... Oh yeah, and they, and they and they they'll rush out a title. It'll come out bugged up, you know. But they already sucked you in with the pre order, and you know it's a whole game. And they know they they gonna make money no matter what, so they just keep doing it, you know. So I I don't. Um, I guess Bethesda has some goodwill as well, but it's a rap song. They, they harmed there. a lot of that with seventy six though. Yeah, yeah, Fallout seventy six. They fucked it all up. Yeah, they did. They performed a lot of that. I mean, I would have never guessed CD Projekt Red would have lost theirs, even though they didn't even really do any shady shit other than the fact that they were pushed out way too early. You know, with, yeah, with they just bug, needed more time. They needed way more time because the game was so ambitious. It's still an amazing game if you can get it to work on your equipment. <laughs> you know, but yeah, so yeah, our gamers whiny little bitches. Somewhat, yeah. It's a small subsection of the gaming community that just cries about every fucking thing, um, but that's mixed in with the legitimate cries. You know, I think we're just gluttons for abuse. You know, so I don't. 
I'm I don't I don't think there there are very few companies that I trust um any anymore. Like even 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 take Bethesda for example, Starfield, one of the biggest games um to be released in a long time, right? And one of the, and there's still stuff that's all fucked up with that. One of the one of the big things is the maps are awful. And then within a month of the game being out, even less than a month, just some stranger created a mod that fixed it. So it's like, why don't that motherfucker work up there? Might end up be doing so. Just think about it. This big ass giant uh, multinational game developer with all with all the with all this big ass idea pool to pull from still got it wrong, and then one person fixed it. You know. And now, now, but that's still lets people mod their games, which is awesome. I mean, but that's only I guess that's a PC thing. Yeah, you console cucks don't get to you don't get to dip your toe in the mod waters. Um, but but yeah, I, th- I just think that they're slowly, and that's not just the gaming. I think gamers are just the most vocal, but every company is doing that now. All the when, I don't think there's any brand that has the trust that they had twenty years ago. Not, 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 not that I can think of off the top of my head. You know? Maybe Apple. No, not even Apple. Mm-mm. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, so who is it? I mean, I think that's over with. The way, even from, you know, not just from consumers, but also from workers. Like, you're never, ever again going to hear somebody been working at a company for 20-some years or 30 years and retired. Worked their whole career. That's never gonna happen again. There's no benefit to it. Uh, no, there is no benefit to it, and 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 a lot of that, sh- a lot of like the older people, like when I worked at a, when I briefly worked at in- at Intel, I remember coming in and realizing that I was getting paid more than people that had been working there for like fifteen years. You know, and I just got there. And it, so it's like they're trying to push them out because they had all these crazy benefits and all this other stuff. So it's like they'd rather pay me a higher salary with way worse benefits than keep them around so they can retire and pull off. They, you know what I mean? So, and it's like every company act like that. You know? And of course, and I didn't know better. That was my first, like, actual corporate job. So I didn't know better to, like, talk to my fucking colleagues about my pay and shit like that. Oh man, it turned into a whole problem. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, I mean, the number one way to increase your wages is you move companies, right? Yeah, people people that make the most in their you know forties and fifties are the people who have switched companies every three or four years because you make more money. Uh, your increase in salary and benefits is higher when you move than if you get internally promoted. Oh yeah, I mean, I look look. I feel like yo. On your first evaluation at any company, if they're not talking to you about how to move up or when your next increase and all, if they ain't talking about get, raising your pay and raising your, t- then get, right there, start looking for another job. All that, we'll talk about it on the next evaluation. I ain't trying to hear all that. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because they'll, because they'll, they like to, the, it's like the NFL. They'll use you up. They'll just use you up. And when you get hurt, they, you gone. You know, so you got you got to look out for yourself. Fuck them companies. Um, all right, one more. It's from Steve Steven. 
Hey, Brian, my name is Steve. I'm a big fan of the show. I first heard from you on YMH and have been following since then. I've been listening to episode 78. See? See? Ding, ding. Where you discuss Burning Man and how they got stuck out in the desert. I live in Reno, Nevada, where we have burners come through to get out to Burning Man. One thing that my wife and I get a kick out of was there was heavy rain coming that was stated the week of. So even though it was heavier than it usually is, it wasn't a shock that the rain was going to be bad and everyone was just underprepared. As I live in Reno, I have my my own personal opinion about burners because when Burning Man season falls upon us, it is rough. Burners are great for the economy of Reno and Sparks as they feed our businesses and spend quite a bit at the restaurants, stores, fast food, etc. However, we always know when they are coming from the RVs and campers that look like they haven't ran in 10 years. They are typically spray-painted with bikes on their grills and other crap hanging off the sides. They are inconsiderate and horribly dirty. Once Burning Man is over, they tend to leave a majority of their crap in parking lots on the side of the road or anywhere they can along with just tossing their gonorrhea-laced bikes. My dad drives Uber, and he has had to cancel multiple rides from burners because they haven't showered and are coated in the black rock dirt that is a pain to clean out of the seats. Don't get me wrong. Being in the desert on drugs, looking at art, partying, and staring at a big fire sounds awesome. But my, mis- my disdain for burners because of how they come through our town makes my need to go non-existent. Along with being poor, but that's beside the point. Anyway, thanks for reading. I've been a fan of the show from the jump and hope my own podcast can grow like yours. If you could ever come to Reno, that would be amazing. But I have heard on other shows how bad Reno is for comedy. But it would still be badass to have you come to my town. Anyhow, sorry for the long email. But though, uh, but though I'd give my two cents about oh, but thought I'd give my two cents about dealing with Burning Man goers. Thanks again, Steve. Well, Steve, that's a ten out of ten email. Couple spelling errors, but that I let that slide because. You know, these paragraphs are well-spaced. He referenced the episode he was talking about. Um, He's speaking from personal experience. Speaking from personal experience. And he and it, it wasn't a slog to get through. Um, 10 out of 10. Now, that's probably because you do have your own podcast. And so you know all the things that make it easier. So that's good. Um, yeah, this is a – this. And thanks for thanks for writing in. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I, don't, uh, I don't understand. Like I said, I used to want to go to Burning Man real bad, but, you know. I used to go, I got to go at least once before I die. Now I'm good. I think I'm all right. You know? And that's the thing. And, it, and it's, it's, it's crazy, too, too, because no one ever no one ever talks about the, the aftermath of Burning Man because they make it seem like, like when you talk to burners, they make it seem like, yeah, we go out there, you know, we set up a whole city, and then, and then, and then, it's, and then it's like nothing was there when, when it's over. And it's like, well, the shit went somewhere. Where's all that garbage going? It's still there. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, you leaving it on the side of the road and shit. You know? I mean, and I know most of the garbage they get up out of there somehow, but it's trifling-ass people with y'all, too. Yeah, They care about the image of being an ideal burner, but they don't care about actually living like that. You know, how you going to leave? Also, you think the final, you think the final thing would be a rinse-off, you know? I wish I would. I wish I would. I wish a motherfucker would get in my car covered in that in that fucking silicone dust or whatever. Can't rinse it off. You gotta have vinegar. You gotta have vinegar. 
You have yeah, to have like vinegar water. To, well, bring to, your to vinegar, your ass, the... bring some vinegar then, motherfuckers. Like, <laughs> you ain't getting in my car. Also, why do you need a why do you need an Uber? Shouldn't you? Isn't doesn't everyone have to drive out there? No, I think that you can. Um, a lot of people like fly into or drive into Reno, and then there's like buses and things. So people might need Ubers around Sparks, Nevada, and Reno and stuff like oh, that. And you can never rinse it off. Like so, if you decide if you never get a hold of the vinegar, that dirt just gonna be on you. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I guess technically you could rinse it off if you had enough water, but I think it's, I think it's really tough. I think it's, because it's, it's a chemical interaction, you know, it's, it's, it's stuck on you. And that's why you need the, um, I don't know all the science, uh, the chemistry of it, but my understanding is that you need like diluted vinegar to actually rinse it off. Mm. I, I, my, uh, my guess is also that, I bet you there is a thing that is like what Burning Man used to be, but the f- the reason why it's still cool is because most people don't know about it. Ten mm. years from now, it'll break and become public and get ruined, just like Burning Man got ruined, and then we'll be like, oh man, I wish I had known about it back in 2023. That sounds awesome. Yeah, shit always get ruined. But I remember, it wasn't that long ago, it was like ten years ago, Man, it used to be this. Uh, whenever there was a full moon, it used to be a party on a secluded beach in San Diego. Like a bomb, people pick a big ass bonfire, and it'd be like real, real, real cheap drugs. <laughs> 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 and you could only get you could only get down there from like climbing down there. You know, it was like, yeah, yeah. and it was fucking awesome. You know, and I went, I went quite a few times, and it was great. But there's like, you know, then a long time passed, and I tried to go one of the times. Like, oh, this is lame as fuck. Like, what's going on here? It just oh, everything gets ruined that way, you know. So I don't. Maybe they. Yeah, we used to go out. Maybe they still do it. Who knows? We, we used to go out to Azusa when I was in like my late twenties and do drugs and play heavy metal and camp out there for like four or five days. But it was awesome because we were in our twenties and we were doing drugs. Right, 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 and it's, and that's another thing. Else. Wouldn't be the a same lot of now. Are for your twenties, leave it to the children. <laughs> you know, maybe that's it. Maybe there should be an age cap on Burning Man, or maybe it should be separate Burning Mans. You know, maybe like a a grown and sexy Burning Man, and you know, like an alternative, like a little Burning, like a cabaret. <laughs> you know, for the older for the older folks. You know, like Coachella and Stagecoach. <clears throat> oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean like Coachella and Stagecoach? Oh, is that what that is? No, but no, Stagecoach is like country, right? Like country Coachella. Uh, it, it goes a little bit more country, but really it just skews older. Because so, there's a lot of non-country acts in it as well. There's usually like a big headliner that's, you know, dad music from the 70s. Right, but like, but like you know they're not going to have Lil Wayne or Beyonce as Stagecoach, right? No, well, I mean, never say never. I mean, maybe maybe Stagecoach 2035, they will be. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've heard of these. It never sounded appealing. None of that ever sounded. See, I, I just, I don't get that. I don't want to go to a music festival. I'm sorry. I, 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 the idea of being in just all the chaos, I don't understand how that's what you want. I've never wanted, I've never wanted that. I don't understand. Like, I go to a concert. And that's pushing it. That's pushing it. 
But to go to like an infinite sprawling multi-day concert. Nah, I don't think so. Or like a go to like a Bonnaroo where everybody dirty as shit and they been dancing and you know, I watch it. I it looks fun. It looks it, like I like to watch other people having fun. But I don't know if I want to be in the mix. I don't want to be in the chaos. You know? I used to go to Jazz Fest when I was a kid. That was always fun. Jazz Fest? But that's like Yeah, dude. But that's like the OG. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good on all that. Because to me, fe- <laughs> like, like festival just feels like it just means, you, oh, you're stuck here. You know, you got like every time you want to do anything, you got to navigate a crowd. It's like, ah, uh, that just sounds like a nightmare. Porta potties, splitting them. Why? Why? I like my bathroom. I know exactly how many people have been in there. You know? And some people, you know, you know, some some people do public toilets bare ass. You know these people? Ugh. They 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 bare back a public toilet like a fucking savage. I can't do it. I can't do it. What if you were hired to perform at one, Brian, so that you had, you know, you had access to all the backstage stuff and you had your own, you know, had a more private experience when you wanted it. You had your all access. Like hired to perform your to hire to perform music? No, I mean, I mean to perform comedy. Let's say, nah, nah, nah. I'm good. No, I mean, look, there was a time where I would have done that and just suffered through it, but that time okay. is well past us. You know, so In it's fact, the whole I, I, affect is just I, you're not yeah, about it. Like, like, listen, listen. The ja- remember I went because um, I went to the jazz festival in. Um, in um, Connecticut, remember that when I met the other Brian Simpson, um, and and now that, that was real chill. That was real chill, and I was still ready to go. Like that wasn't wild or nothing. I think it was only one day, maybe two days. You know, it wasn't nothing crazy happening. It was you know, it was jazz, smooth jazz playing. Um, but even that, and I and uh, I didn't perform there, but I didn't want to. You know. It's like, nah, first of all, comedy shouldn't be performed outdoors. I don't give a fuck what nobody say. That, that's wrong. You know? It's like, I, 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 I've I, never enjoyed performing outdoors. Like, I've never been like, this is what I prefer. I, you know, I've, I've made the best of those situations, but it, no. Comedy shouldn't be performed outdoors or in the daytime. Not stand-up, I mean. You know, ideally. Yeah, ideally, you want it to be small, dark, and inside. So everything that's everything that takes away from those things, I'm not for it. You know, big ass, oh, drunk ass people. Ah, but you know what? More power to you. I'm not saying that you're a stupid fucking idiot because you like to go to festivals, but leave me out of it. Understand me. I like being in the house. And, and listen. And if you ask me what my problem is, I I think, <clears throat> you know, it's the same reason. Like I get I get a lot of sh- I used to get a lot of shit for wearing my headphones everywhere. I always got them, you know. I got several different kinds and all that. And in in a lot of times, I, w- I would be like, you know, in the in the sacred ground of the comedy store, or something. I got my headphones on. Some people take offense to that. You know, what's your problem? Why you only got my headphones on? And listen. I think 
maybe if I was evaluated by a psychiatrist, it would probably have something to do with like an unstable childhood and my need to control all the variables around me so I can feel stable. <sighs> but my ego's response to that is, be interesting, bitch. I got my headphones on because what's happening in there is more interesting than what the fuck you talking about. You know? Because that's what, when something interesting happened, I go, and I'm, I'm in there. You know? But you you literally competing with everything in the world that's happening. You know, so I don't, I don't know. Um, Do you have any um, sensitivity issues to sound? Are you trying to diagnose me with autism? No, I have I have ADHD and I have extreme sensitivities to sound. I have to wear I have to wear uh, AirPods everywhere. You know, I've never thought about it like that. Um, maybe. Um, I was I, look. Here's the thing: as a child, I was diagnosed with ADD. I have yet to be diagnosed with that as an adult. You know, and I don't know if if you if you cure it or if you get misdiagnosed later, or whatever the fuck it is. But I, you know, I'm sure a lot of my behaviors are consistent with that. Mm-hmm. Um, sound, smells, especially. Yep, I'm extra extra sensitive. One hundred percent. And so that's a whole other thing. You know, that's a whole other thing. I always smell everything first. You know, or hear or hear something first. I'm like, you know, did you hear that? Did you smell that? It's like, no, no, no. And then five minutes later, it's like, oh, yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, now we're all going to die. That's <clears throat> ADHD, Brian. Yeah, uh, I'm, not a, I'm, not a, I'm not a mental health professional, but yeah, I do have mental health professionals that work for me. So, so I, <laughs> they, AD, and they tell ADHD me that I have ADHD people. and that's what the smell thing is about. I'm yeah. hypersensitive to smells, too. Yeah, that's why you, that's why you can't do a stinky pussy. <laughs> Can't do a stinky pussy. Um, okay. So, now look, don't get me wrong. I, I don't judge. <laughs> I've, powered, <laughs> I've, powered, I've powered through some smells. We all have for love, you know. But it can't be regular. You know, it can't be a regular thing. Anyway, um, let's see. Um, hey, you know what? I was going to go to the news stories, but we always skip over the black history segment and I've been promising to bring this back for a long time. We got a little researcher coming up and we're just, we're going to do that. How about this? And who is uh, our black history focus for today? Oh, this is an easy one. Come on, bitch. Open. Special thanks Uh, to Alex Quinones. Yeah. Thanks, Alex. Uh, Marcus Garvey. Awesome. Full name, uh, Marcus Mosiah Garvey Jr., um, Order of National Hero Jamaica, known for Jamaican activism, publishing uh, a founding father of black nationalism in the early 20th century, born August 17th, 1881 in St. Anne's Bay, Jamaica, uh, a British colony at the time, died June 10th, 1940 in London from a stroke. a supremely gifted social organizer, founder of the UNIA, United Negro Improvement Association, and African Communities League, and the founding father of black nationalism, Marcus Garvey, is a monumental, if controversial, figure in history. 
A man of contradictions, he spent his life campaigning publicly to build black power around the world, but was often criticized by other prominent black leaders and organizations for what they deemed incendiary, sometimes derogatory tactics that served Garvey's ego more than the movement. He paid for his own travel and education around the world as a young man, declared himself the provisional president of Africa, survived an assassination attempt, was constantly monitored and fucked with by the government, met with the imperial wizard of the KKK at the Klan's office in Atlanta, was deported by President Calvin Coolidge, elected as a government official in Jamaica, and was arguably the best-known black man in the world in the early 20th century. It is difficult to offer a definitive legacy of Marcus Garvey because he was many things to many people. To some, he was a savior. To others, a swindler. Regardless, Marcus Garvey remains an unquestionably important figure in Jamaica, American history, and Pan-African philosophy. If you're curious to learn more about him, check out the book Negro with a Hat, The Rise and Fall of Marcus Garvey by British Jamaican author Colin Grant. Um, yeah, that was in there. Um, so I, I know Marcus Garvey was, I mean, I, th- I think, I mean, I think every, I think every black person knows who Marcus Garvey is, or at least recognizes his name, but he is definitely excluded from <clears throat> even black history, uh, things that were taught to me. Like, you know, because I, I, I grew up in D.C. Um, actually, I went to Martin Luther King Elementary School in D.C. Um, and at the time, it was still Chocolate City. You understand? Like, the population was like 82% black or something crazy. And so we got black history in, in from elementary school. So, I, I you know, I've known about, you know, I, I learned about, uh, you know, Malcolm X and MLK and Mary McLeod Bethune and Matthew Henson and George Washington Carver and all of that. I learned about all that in elementary school. So, like the you know the what, what I'm saying is the <clears throat> the black history was taught as just part of history. Um, I don't know who put the stop to that or if it's still the case, but but even Marcus Garvey was not Marcus Garvey was not even included in that education. Um, so I, you know, I was I would love to ask my mother how she felt how she felt about him. You know, why do you he, think Marcus Garvey was wasn't in that Black History curriculum? Um, I I think it's because like what he said. I think he was just he was very polarizing. Um, because you know, there, no one is no one is is perfect, right? And no, and and everyone is susceptible to to power corrupting them. So even people with the best intentions, you know, can because because think, think about this. To do to try to do what he did, to try to do what he tried to do, you would have to believe that you could. You know? And there's a it's a short it's a short jump from I could to I'm the only person that can. Mm-hmm. Right, and there's a short jump from I'm the only person that can to um, I've been chosen, blessed, uh, ordained to do, and that you know, and so it's a slow creep towards tyranny or whatever, or or even just power trips. Your, what I'm saying is your ego has to be massive for you to think you could lead the black exodus or the black return to Africa and these sorts of things. 
you you have to really believe that you're capable of that. You know, so your ego already got to be pretty decent size for you to even start the journey. But once you got once you once once you have real power, and what is real power? Real power is the ability for your will for other people to respond to your will. Like when you want something to happen, you can make you can move men with your with your requests. You know, it's like. And once you get that, I mean, it's, it's real easy to, you know, it's it's easy to 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 overstep, you know. So I don't know, I don't know him, you know. But 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 I'm but I know I know men, I know I know people, and <clears throat> so anyway. But I don't I don't I didn't experience this in real time, you know. So I have no idea what the real sentiments were you know, versus what the history is because it, it always gets lost. Like I was alive when OJ happened. And then I saw I then I saw a YouTube video made by like a young person that was not a lot like, you know, they were born in like two thousand five or some shit. <laughs> you know, and it was ex- trying to explain why OJ got found not guilty and they were wrong about everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> be- be- because Wait, they, they're just going <laughs> Yeah, it was like it was t- it was telling people that he uh that it was because DNA was new and people were confused about it. And it's it's like you know, completely that's completely not true. I mean I mean, look, perhaps that was true to 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 some degree. But but the real thing, the real thing was just that the black community had very rarely if ever had seen a black dude get away with this kind of thing, you know, because it was fresh after the Rodney King thing, right? You know what I mean? And so it's like it it it, it was that kind of 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 uh, you know it was that kind of thing. So my point is, uh, you know, just just like look, the longer the longer we get, the more we get away from the. From the the Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing, the more that story is gonna change. But like, imagine t- <laughs> this is a crazy thing to say, but imagine having to explain to your daughter what happened between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Like, was she old enough? You know, and try to recall. You know, I don't know. So, my, I, I guess I'm, I'm getting I'm I'm getting uh, I'm getting off the, the the path here. My point is just that uh, I think you can be both. I think you can be. Uh, a, a sincere, um, have a sincere desire to better for better shit for your people, and also um, be an egomaniac, you know, and also do or say some crazy shit from time to time. Um, so maybe that's why he's polarizing, you know. And I know people like this too. I know people that don't realize that sometimes. Uh, like he said he was he was accused of other black leaders for letting his for doing things that were for his ego and not really for the betterment, you know. You know, because imagine being, you know, I don't know, but 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 the same thing happened with Fred Hampton. You know, he met with the whites, with the white uh, poor's, the poor whites, and uh, pe- he was criticized for that, you know. Yeah, but that's what got him killed, <laughs> you know. That hey, that <laughs> unity shit is that unity shit. They're not with that. I, anybody trying to unify people, you they they taking your motherfucking top off. Just know this. Mm. Like no, you can like you can talk about it. You can promote it, but if you actually start to do it, 
they coming for you. Just know yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So does yeah. that make Marcus Garvey right in your mind? Is he correct about the need for black for black people to go back to moving? Africa? Well, yeah, because he, I mean, he believed in black nationalism to the point of black separatism. You know, um, I think that's just idealism. At least I, like, that's what I don't argued for. I don't think that's going to work. Mm. You know, because uh, and, and, and listen, don't get me wrong. There are a couple African countries, and I just can't remember them off the top of my head. Where any African American has citizenship, kind of like birth, like uh, like how Jews can go to Israel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like Liberia you, isn't Liberia one of them? Um, I'm, I'm, maybe, maybe Liberia. I think Zimbabwe. No, maybe not Zimbabwe. Yeah, I think Zimbabwe is one of them, but I, I'm not sure. Um, uh, but uh, I mean, maybe there's something to that in the in the future. Um. But I don't know. I think there's different theories behind it because because what would be the point in because we're so we're so culturally separate now. Like African American culture is its own thing. You know? Mm-hmm. Because you know, everyone that's a descendant of slaves, your culture was your history was erased. Or stolen, or or dis, you were disconnected from it, so you, we had to like create our own shit, you know. And that's what hip hip hop was born out of. That it's like we wouldn't have hip hop if we listened to this dude, maybe. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I mean, so you gonna take a bunch of you gonna you know? It's just, I guess it's the same reason why you know every Jew don't just move to Israel. Hmm. You know why? Why wouldn't you do that? If you were if you were if you were Jewish and you were somewhere else, why wouldn't you move to your country? Well, yeah, because I don't think it's, it's not the same culture no more. You know, I think the disconnect is so big. There's people, you know, there's people that were born and raised in America, but they Jewish. But moving to Israel would be a culture shock. You know. Yeah. And I, th- I think it would be the same here. It's like you were born in, you know, regardless of your status. In America, you were born and raised here, like you an American, <laughs> you know. You like I'm, I'm just talking about your sensibilities and the things you expect and the things that you take for granted. That's a, it, it's a very American sentiment. It's, it's, it ain't like you be able, you could go you could, uh you could move to to Liberia. Is that what you say, Liberia? Yeah, it, apparently Liberia, Sierra Leone, and Ghana all have sort Ghana, of Ghana. That's what I was track. trying to think They all have sort yeah, of fast so like, track. So you th- you think you gonna move to Ghana and just fit right in? I don't yeah. know, man. I'm like, what the what's the Wi-Fi looking like? I don't know. Um, I don't know what the internet speeds are in Ghana, you know. Um, <laughs> but but yes, I mean maybe back then he had a point, you know. Uh, but uh, well, and uh, also all of those countries have their own separate history that's influenced by colonialism. Like you can't really separate modern day Ghana and its culture from the colonialism that was visited upon the Af- like oh, yeah. Africa as a continent. So, so the, the you're, unification, not, you're, not, you're not returning to like an ancestral homeland, you know? Yeah. yeah there, there, there are very few countries in Africa that control their own resources and shit. Mm-hmm. It, it's either, it, yeah, everything, everything's controlled by America, Europe, or China in Africa. Mm-hmm. You know, the, all the, you know, the, because I, I think Africa is the only continent that would need resources from some other place. 
you know, mm. if but that would but Africa uniting is something that the powers that be would never even allow. You, you know what I'm saying? Because that that because that would Fuck mean no. being cut off from you know all that cheap cobalt and silver and you know all of these all these minerals and resources and shit. Like who would who would allow that? Who 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 would really want? Because the only thing that that makes it. You know, because it's kind of like the same thing that happened with the Native Americans, right? Where they show up and go, who's the chief? You the chief. So sign this contract. Okay, now we own all that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like we own it fair and square. You know, that, that kind of shit. And so who would give that up? Oh, we control it. We control it. We control all your mines and all your minerals. And it's like, who's, who's going to get that up? So, <clears throat> again, this is, this is the cynical me asking. I feel like I should have like a... Uh, African American studies expert on this bitch to control it. Maybe we should start having um, Alex Q can find one. Who? Alex Q, who did the Marcus Garvey oh, yeah. thing. He, could, he could do one. He has a history degree. Um, oh, really? History degree? Yeah, but I mean, I'm saying he could find somebody appropriate to come in and be and speak on it as an expert. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we 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 definitely could do that. We definitely could do that. Also, I w- I want him to go back and. And maybe do a quick little rundown of the ones I've done that were in the audio only mm-hmm. thing. Do that. It's a lot of because uh, I want to do Bayard Rustin again on the video for people that haven't that don't listen to the audio. Um, Sick. <clears throat> all right, so damn, that was our Black History segment. It could have went way better. I was underprepared because I didn't know that it was ready. Um, I thought it went great, Brian. But thanks again, Alex. <laughs>